And now it's time for the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, featuring health news, opinion, and insight from Wesley Chapel's concierge medicine physician, Dr. Tommy McElroy. And thank you for joining us. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and I am Tommy McElroy. I am a sports and family medicine physician. I am uh, joined today by a special guest, Mr. Bill Kosark from MedFirst Partners. And we're going to uh, talk a little bit about direct care, concierge medicine, and, and what he does with his business. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Tommy. Uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. I know about you from what I've read on LinkedIn and what we've talked about uh, back and forth. But tell us a, a history of you know what got you to where you are now and, and kind of what you like to do and uh, what your business is. Yeah, I've been in uh, medical sales and marketing basically all my career. And uh, what really turned me around was uh, I spent uh, 10 years designing and building hospitals and before that was working in OR equipment. And what it really opened my eyes to was the incredible waste in healthcare. Um, be it a uh, perfect example, in, in both cases, a, a hospital's adamant got to have 10 operating rooms all right so you get there and you look at what they have and yeah at eight o'clock in the morning nine of them are being used by noon maybe five and by three o'clock you'd be lucky if one or two is being used so do they need 10 no it's just a matter of scheduling that's what they're used to so uh direct primary so i just had a really enjoyed that career designing and building i i didn't do that i was on the uh, business development side, there's engineers and architects who did that, but it's you just get a real taste of where we are in the healthcare world. So uh, a friend of mine suggested I get into this business, and then I had a couple of job offers, and then I just decided I'm just going to do it myself, and it's been extremely rewarding, Me- meeting some of the greatest docs in the world who are in it, uh, family physicians are in this for all the right reasons, and uh, so... I help, uh, currently we help um, uh, your typical family physician who's working for -for fee-for-service convert to direct primary care or a non-insurance model. And uh, we also do some other work with rural hospitals, which is a whole other topic, and uh, uh, trying to help them stay alive. It's kind of a fascinating thing. If people who live in the city have no idea that we have critical access hospitals around the country, and that's a discussion for later. So you t- use the term direct primary care. What is that? That is, it's uh, it's pretty funny. That that term, uh, it, that that's probably one of the problems that we have in the industry. Is uh, one of my favorite publications is Direct Primary Care Journal, and uh, it's. The editor is Michael Tetro, and he also simultaneously publishes Concierge Medicine Today. And they are extremely similar. And he also, he's a great source of uh, information and uh, constantly runs polls. And so what's the difference? It's whatever you decide. It's membership. These are membership agreements between, and let's keep this super simple between yourself and a professional who went to school longer than you probably did, okay? And that's who can help you out. Now, are you going to pay this person out of your pocket, or are you going to use your insurance and 
uh, in a uh, it, it's there's insurance plus a fee on top for convenience and also for you're frankly compensating the doctor for their longer appointment you, that they have they are they're only paid for about seven minute appointments if you're working for a system and I know I'm going off and diverging here, but many people ask you, why is my doctor rushing me? Why is he, she so rude? Well, if they work for a system, they're told to meet 20, 30 people in a, uh, in a day, and they get about a seven-minute block. They, they spend more time writing down on a chart. And frankly, they have told me that when they walk in the exam room, they have three things in mind. I'm going to write a script. I'm going to order a test, or I'm going to send you to a specialist. That's exactly right. And it's that's horrendous. And what one doctor who I, I converted called me one day. We knew he was going to convert. He called me one day just out of sheer frustration driving home, and he said, you try talking to a family about hospice in a seven-minute window. Yeah, you know, that's a funny thing that you, you point that out because when I was in residency, I would have my patients in residency tell me, you know, Dr. McElroy, I really, really like the way you spend a lot of time with me. Make sure when you get out that you you continue to do this because so many doctors nowadays don't want to do that. And it took a you know a lot of education for me to be able to tell patients why it is I do what I do because it is actually because of the request of that patient is that I should spend more time with them. And I had you know you have to go back and tell them the reason why doctors don't spend a lot of time with you. And I tell patients all the time that come in here I say look. You know, the reason that, you know, you're here is because your doctor didn't spend enough time with you. And it's not because the doctor didn't like you. They may or may not have liked you. But the real reason that they don't <laughs> spend a lot of time with you is because they couldn't. It's impossible. It's not a uh, manageable situation when you have 40 patients that you can't. Or you do spend enough time with your patients and you constantly run late, which is, you know, what what if people are waiting a long time, then they're they're late and they think the doctor doesn't care about them. But actually what happened was the doctor was trying to spend enough time with the patient that came before him. Uh, to make it um, a reasonable visit. So it's a, you know, and that's, like you said, that's the reason that people do direct care or concierge medicine. Oh, it, it absolutely is. And the, you know, if you think about older population, they were used to spending time sitting around talking to their doctor, you know, about, and, and getting in depth. Um, yeah. the, the uh, great story of one of my, uh, a doctor I converted, he, he had a patient who, um, I met the, the man, and so I obviously won't say his name, but he had lifelong high blood pressure. This guy was the picture of health. And, um, you know, so the obvious things completely disappear. What is it? And, he's like, and he had just kind of written it off to hereditary. So the direct primary care doc now had time to really sit there and go through it. And they um, did use this great uh, outside source called Rubicon. I don't know if you... I've heard of them. Yeah, and so what the, it is, is it, you dial up and you get a specialist, and it's not just some specialist somewhere. It's from uh, Johns Hopkins, Mass General. It, it's unbelievable, the roster they have, and it's a minimal charge to the doctor. And the the so direct primary care doctor, the patient, and the specialist on Rubicon sat there and talked about it, and they said, we've been doing A, B, and C, and the specialist said, oh, I'd agree to that 99% of the time. Here's the situation. You have to do X, Y, Z with this guy. And it solved it, and he's probably 40-something years old. And for the first time in his life, he didn't have it. It went away. That's, 
Yeah, it, you know, it's funny when you think about not funny. It's actually unfortunate. You think about how many people are out there running around uh, with things that can be taken care of if they just had the opportunity to deal with someone on a reasonable basis. You could sit down and talk to them or, or talk with them over the phone or the computer or whatever yeah. and just be able to drill down and say, you know what this is? I think this is this and then try it and see if it works. Um, so it's also you know, that that and uh, I, I know that you do this is okay now even if it's a problem that you can't solve now you're their coach you know if you know it's kind of like if you have the doctor next door who you know can help tell you what's going to happen in the hospital and what to do and what not you're going to you're going to keep track of those patients for them you're going to help guide them through the process that you know i guarantee you could do 90% of your patients needs in in their office but when you can't it's the same thing you have the extra time to walk them through the system, which is scary. It's confusing. They have no idea. And that's exactly right. So we've been talking with Bill Kosar, and what we're going to do is we'll take a little break now, and then when we come back, we'd like to talk to Bill and ask him, you know, what do you do to help these doctors who are finding themselves trapped in these situations, and how, how does he help them uh, regain their profession and regain their uh sense of well-being and become a doctor again? And so we're at the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. We'll be right back. Surgery Center of Oklahoma is at the forefront of a healthcare cost revolution. Healthcare really doesn't cost that much, but what people are being charged for it is another matter altogether. To find surgery pricing and to learn more about our specialists, visit surgerycenterok.com. And thank you for joining us again. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. I am Dr. Tommy McElroy, and we are talking with Bill Kosart of MedFirst Partners. Uh, MedFirst Partners helps doctors transition from insurance-based practice into direct care, and they also work with critical access hospitals to help them find out uh, how they can uh, improve their business model and uh, continue to serve their patients. Uh, Bill, go ahead and tell us about uh, why it is that doctors come to see you who are in insurance practice wanting to transition to direct care. Yeah, the, the the first of all, your, your primary care or family physician is um, it, in most cases that they're not really happy. They're incredibly overworked. They went to you know school as long as uh, orthopedics who are making far more money than them. They have the same debt, and it's just not what they wanted. They picked family medicine because they wanted to help people, and when they're put through the the mill and have to see 30 people in a day they're not happy so um there are and then also if you work even if you have a independent practice the insurance pressures and costs by the way of having employees inside your office who i guarantee you you have one person on the phone on hold all day long just fighting for nickels and dimes that, you know, the insurance company has just decided we're not going to pay that. Well, so you're paying somebody $20 an hour to try to get a $30 payment, maybe. I mean, it's it's incredible. So uh, and then the people who work in the system don't have that problem, but they're judged on other parameters. So what's happening is these doctors need to get back to old fashioned medicine. So the easiest conversion is a doctor who's still independent. And if you're out there and you're an independent 
family physician, do whatever it takes to stay independent, no matter what it is, because most of them who have joined the system are not happy. That's the easiest conversion, because if they have three, four thousand patients in their panel working on a fee for service insurance uh, program, and you announce to them that I'm no longer going to take insurance, here are the benefits of it, uh, we will put uh, one of our trained specialists in their office. Because some people are going to be, some people are going to love it. Some people get it immediately. Some are not going to be happy because they think you're abandoning them. And if that person works for my company and we, they're very well trained and they, they can explain this process that, you know, Dr. Johnson's doing this for good reasons and hear what they are. And they are good reasons. In fact, you know, it's an awful thing, but there's a very high suicide rate between family physicians. And so uh, we typically find that about 25%, uh, 20% of the uh, panel will sign up. So if you have uh, three, 4,000 people in a panel, you'll get six, 800 new people on your DPC practice. Um, well, Depending on what your what level of uh, what your membership fee is, you may be done at that point, right? Oh, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and that's um, and and that's the biggest challenge. Now, what so the what are the options to well, in fact, another direct primary care journal quote uh, he does these polls. It was he broke it down to if you have an existing DPC practice. How many more members do you need? And he broke it down from like 200 to 300, 304, and then even had 500 plus. Well, in the range from I need 200 to 500 plus, it was 75% of the doctors. So you that's the only downside to becoming a direct primary care doctor is how do I get um, people to join my panel? So... Number, the easiest is a captive audience of people who already know you. It's a far easier than quitting a system, hanging up a shingle, opening the door, you know, and having free coffee and hoping people are going to walk in. It's a very hard process. Why, why is it so hard to start right out of the gate versus uh, having that captive audience? Is it just a pure numbers game? Is it, a, is it an experience game? Is it, what do you think it is? It's, it's uh, consumer education. Um, I, you know, do this full time as a living. And if I meet someone in a casual situation, such as they sit next to me in an airplane, I, not to be rude, but I just kind of try to avoid explaining what I do because it's, it's not that easy. And the, and if they really want to know, I'll spend the flight talking about it, but you say it. And the first question is, we probably should say it at the same time is I already have insurance. Exactly. Well, do you, you know, what do you, well, my company pays for it. I right. bet they don't. I mean, they do right. and they don't. Um, well, if you, if you quit your job, are they still going to pay for it? Probably not. <laughs> so you're paying for it with your sweat and labor and they're giving it to you and compensation is in the form of an insurance package, which you may or may not utilize uh, very well, or which may not be very, uh, very good for you either way. But that's a, that's an aside. Yeah. But it's, it's also, I mean, it, it's going to be, it's coming out of your check. Now the deductibles go up every year. I guarantee the amount coming out of your check is increasing. 
and then so don't the copays. It's the you know just turning up the heat slowly over time. So what do you think the key to is, and from a doctor's standpoint, if there's doctors out there saying, you know what, I don't want to start, I don't want, I just want to go straight into it. How how can they educate patients, or what is what are some strategies? You know, is it is it is it being out in public? Is it is it talking with consultants? Is it talking with uh, other doctors? Is it all the above? What do you think is kind yeah. of the conglomeration of things you need to do? Absolutely, talking out in the public. Um, and the, I, I'll come back to that. And the other thing is going to, I'll say chamber of commerce, but I know there's, um, others, in fact, there's one based in Tampa, RGA. Is that? Yes. Okay, great. RGA is a, yeah, actually a group that I'm a member of, and they're pretty, uh, diverse as far as the businesses that are uh, involved with it, but they're all, um, you know, members of the community and, and usually business owners or at least up a level administrator. So yeah, networking is great. has been great for me. You know, I, I, it's, d- there was nothing better than putting on scrubs, a white lab coat. I know this sounds ridiculous, and all you need is one 200-employee company because it's probably going to shake out to 600 dependents. And the ideal situation is a self-funded uh, company. And right. self-funding is, what's that mean? Well, it means that, that they just pay for everything. And they're always looking for ways to reduce cost, but you know, at the same time. So, so what's going to happen is you have to get. Here's the advice to you know, and if you're starting out right out of residency, you know, you're younger. You're you've got the energy. You hopefully have the guts to do this. And if not, well, then hire somebody to do it for you. But walk into a company, skip HR because they're not going to get it, and go to the person who pays the bills, that's CEO, CFO, and just explain what you can do. And then it may take two or three meetings, but when it comes time for that new health plan to be rolled out, and everyone thinks, oh boy, here we go, what's going to change this year? And they bring in a doc who writes their cell phone on the whiteboard and say, you can call me anytime. And now you have, and this includes your family, um, that's going to blow the employees away. It also let's th- th- there are no losers here. It also is going to reduce uh, ER visits because I know you keep people out of the ER because they don't because they can get in contact with you. Yeah, we actually had a patient. It's a funny story. Uh, was driving to well, he was driving from hockey practice. <laughs> And uh, he sent me a text. He's like, hey, doc, I think I need to go to the ER. And I was like, oh, Yarly, why is that? And he said, I took a puck to the mouth. And I said, oh. <laughs> well, send, I said, well, send me, a te- send me a picture of it. And he's like, okay. And uh, he sent me a picture of driving, so don't let the authorities know. <laughs> but anyway, he sent me a picture, and I said, well, it looks like you need to see a dentist. I don't think you should go to ER, but see a dentist. And then, you know, come in for your visit, which we have planned later today, and then we'll check you out. And actually, he did see the dentist. And in the meantime, he had already pushed it back in. The dentist x-rayed him, said it looks fine. I saw him, and I gave him his, uh, I gave him his treatment for the day, and then away he went. So you're right. You know, we saved him a trip to the ER. High deductible insurance that may have cost him three or four thousand oh, dollars. So that more than pays for the, uh, absolutely. you know, the visit, the membership for the year right there. And so, right there, see, we're talking two different people who can benefit that your uh private member benefited greatly that that was all prepaid for that entire process um that you supplied them they have already paid for 
And so the, they get nothing, it, no bill out of that. Now, the flip side was if their employer was on a regular fee-for-service style, you know you can't find your doctor on a Saturday. And you, that's the normal gut reaction. It's just, okay, i got to go to the ER, maybe urgent care. And you have the, the employer has no control over the bill that shows up. And it, I guarantee you, what's it, it costs $1,000 to walk in the door, right? Yeah, So just to walk in and sign your right. name, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then how many of those can be avoided? Well, it's an awful lot of them because sometimes it just gets to the point where people will push something off during the week because they're busy, and now it's Saturday and they, they're miserable, and, you know, well, I'll just go to the ER. Um, so it, it's th- that, so th- this all started from how to build. Definitely employers, um, and that is something that you do need to work with uh, a, a third-party administrator or a financial, um, excuse me, a benefits advisor. Benefits advisor is a good person to work with and explain just everything that you and I have talked about. We can reduce ER. Uh, I also can guarantee that your members are uh, have reduced hospitalization. Um, we can also get them uh, reduced uh, lab and imaging. So once you go in there and start explaining that to the person who is writing the check, the economic buyer for this process, and then sweeten it, which is truthful, with, and we're giving your employees a private physician 24 7. I mean, it, again, who, who's yeah. losing here? Right. And then at that point, and the important thing is, is that you're able to do all that. And then at that point, I think the only question is for them is if they're rational thinking, most of the time is like, where do I sign? But that's just my opinion. Uh, we're going to take a break now and then uh, we'll be back with Bill Cosart. Echelon Health is proud to present our Ask Dr. Tommy series. We invite our patients and friends, local businesses, and you to come and meet our health panel, network, and have fun. Located on site at Echelon Health in Wesley Chapel. For more information, go to AskDrTommy.com. Welcome back. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and I'm with Bill Cosart of MedFirst Partners, and we're talking about direct primary care and also concierge medicine. Uh, Bill, why is it that direct primary care and concierge medicine, what is the appeal to patients out there? Why would they join that type of practice? Yeah, well, first of all, it's going to be wellness uh, as opposed to just sick care. Um, I think we all could take a (laughs) – spend some more time with a doctor to take – take the time to see really where we're going as we get older. You know, the convenience factor is built in, but I hear you. There's plenty of people that are, uh, that, that say, well, I, I never get sick. Okay. So, you know, m- and for some folks, maybe it isn't for you, but if someone has a chronic condition, th- this is what they want. If you have a child with a chronic condition, um, this is a godsend. I mean, it's, it's exactly what you've been looking for. And the other uh, uh, thing that people don't think about are Medicare patients. This is wonderful. Uh, So Medicare Part A takes care of, let's say, we've all been paying into it all of our lives, so it's technically free on the way out. And it will take care of the big things and 
Tommy, please correct me if I'm wrong because I can barely keep up with these things. So if you're hospitalized or, or uh, you know, something catastrophic, we have built-in insurance to take care of us. Now, right. Medicare Part A. Part A, Part A, right, right. Without paying anything out of your pocket, probably. This I think. <laughs> yeah, well, for, for now. Um, yeah. Uh, Luckily, it won't be there when I'm there, so I don't even have to even worry about yeah, it. <laughs> that, yeah, that Social Security and everything else will be gone. So, yeah. um, so if it takes care of the catastrophic part, and it's free, I'm using air quotes here. Okay, so what's going to happen to you during the year? Well, you are older. You're, you, you might have a few problems. Why not spend the, yeah, it depends upon what the doctor charges, but uh, it's, a monthly fee to then have the convenience and also have somebody who can take the time to look at, you know, look into some of the things that are developing for you. Now with part B, here's the real interesting part. You have to pay, a, it's about $105 a month to get part B. Right, which is there called Part B for those who aren't aware is the outpatient portion of Medicare, which is optional. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's more convenient. It adds more, mm -hmm. but it also comes with a, a very low deductible, one hundred and sixty-six dollars. Okay, that's extremely reasonable. I don't even know why they charge it, but I guess you multiply it by millions and it comes out. But there's a twenty percent uh, coinsurance. You add that up. I'd rather pay for a doctor I can, you know, and then, okay, so now you have that. All right, so you have to find a doctor who's going to accept it and what sort of service you're going to get. I don't know. I'd rather I'd rather pay a private doctor to uh, take care of me. For that. So what you're saying is, you know, it may be a good idea. You, you already have the Medicare Part A. That Part A is, you know, given to you supposedly or you're paid into it prepaid. And so now you have the option of buying Medicare Part B. You can pay this amount of money for Part B, which is $120 or what, whatever it is. But it doesn't really give you anything other than just an insurance plan, so to speak. So you could go ahead and just instead of paying for Part B, potentially – uh, you could pay a physician that will take care of all that, and uh, then you'll need some type of supplemental, supplementary insurance for uh, covering, you know, catastrophic things that happen short of hospitalization. But you don't necessarily have to use Part B. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. Yeah. It, it, I mean, look at this. For about the same cost, you're going to get far better service, you know, yeah. and, and, and more, more along the wellness. And you know, also, you know, this gap insurance. I mean, you can if you can cover. Um, Insurance, if you've ever done, you know, a hospital tournament, golf tournament, they always have that par three where you can win a car if you get a hole in one. That's insured. They're not going to buy you that car. They buy insurance right. for it. You can buy insurance for anything. So sure. you can buy gap insurance. You can buy you can buy deductible insurance. Again, I'm not selling insurance. I'm just saying that there's a better way around it. And when you have someone like yourself who's going to guide the patient through these murky waters, um, you know, start with you and become a member and let you help them figure this whole thing out. Let me get your take on this. So I have a lot of questions. A lot of times I'll talk to people about in concierge medicine because that's what I brand mine as is concierge medicine. We pay one fee. You get all of our services that we provide in-house uh, included. You get access to us through email, text messages, cell phone, 
after hours care as needed if uh, you know if it's convenient for both patient and doctor. And so that's what we call concierge medicine. We don't bill insurance. When I when people say, well, obviously, so you're looking for wealthy people, and my first reaction is. Well, yes, we are looking for wealthy people if you consider people who own a cell phone or pay for cable, one or two, those are wealthy people. If that's what you consider a wealthy person, then yes, that's our target audience. But the truth of the matter is, is it's not for the wealthy, in my opinion. It's for people who are willing or interested, not willing to, want to spend money on their medical care and their health. What do you think about that? That's exactly right. It's just a priority. And, you know, to be honest, we were trained that way. Well, let's see, how do we put this a little better? I'm 52. I grew up uh, outside of Boston, and my father had a job at, at Polaroid, of all places. I mean, talk about a dinosaur. It's gone. And he, so we always had Blue Cross Blue Shield, and medical insurance, healthcare was free. Okay, well, it's not mm-hmm. free to anybody anymore. Okay, and right. now you have to start looking out for yourself. You have to be a driven consumer. What are your priorities? You know, what it, it always does. It shakes out to cable bill or cell phone bill. And, you know, it's funny how those things. And then look at what, uh, if you have a family with kids, you're paying that times however many kids, too. And they're using up all the data plan anyway. So mm-hmm. it's, why not put the whole family on it? It just makes so much sense. But it's just that that whole thing of I already have insurance. Insurance is free. You know, we just have to break that paradigm. And we're in very, very um, different times. It's just th- that is what's changing. And again, that goes back to consumer uh, education. That's the biggest thing about this. And, you know, anywhere you can speak, too, Um to talk about this, get in front of folks and just, you know, network with businesses, you know, business again, holy grail, let's eat big numbers. And then from there, let's just kind of step back to that. Once you get that business and somebody says, my spouse's company just got this great plan and, you know, they go see Dr. Tommy. Really? Mm -hmm. Is, yeah, he, who's is he, well, is so he, what, works in the office at the company and you can't see him? No, he'll take people. You know, right. you could walk in and talk to him about it. He, in fact, he's the one who answers the phone. You're right. kidding. Yeah. I get people that sometimes apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. Why is that? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, obviously, I got the wrong number. I was like, no, it's just, yeah, that's right. what we do. Right. <laughs> we answer the phone. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, this whole thing about 24-7, I mean, how many 3 a.m. phone calls have you had? I have had zero, yes, I think. Right. I yeah. guarantee you that people just out of respect, that, that, this, look at it this way. If you're violently ill at 3 a.m. in a regular fee for service, you know you've got six hours till 9 o'clock till your, your regular doctor opens. At 8.59, you're going to get the answering machine. At yeah. 9.01, it's going to be busy. At 9.30, you're going to find out he or she can see you in a week. Okay? Right. When you're that ill and you say, I'm like, I am not going to text Tommy now. I'll email him in case he sees it. At six o'clock, I would feel comfortable texting you. And then, well, you know what? I, I I tell patients though. I say, look, I want you to call me if you need to call me because it's from a management standpoint. I would rather deal with it, you know, whenever it needs to be. Now I want you to call me and say, hey, the hangnail's worse, you know, that can wait. But 
No, if they need me, I want them calling me right away. Like the the gentleman that sent me the uh, the picture of his teeth. I mean, that's Perfect. saved him a trip. He could have sent me it from the ER and said, "Hey, look, I just went to the ER. Just want to let you know, I got hit in the mouth with a puck, and they X-rayed my face, and it's okay." That would have been too late. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Talk to me first. Again, that goes back to you being the coach. Yeah. You're that you're that you know next door neighbor who you can ask anything. You know, it's it's a much better. Um, it's 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 a true relationship. That's right. It is restoring the patient doctor relationship to the way it used to be. I've seen a lot of direct care and concierge medicine websites, and I think all of them have at at some point in their website a mention of that they're taking medicine back to the way it used to be, like we alluded to earlier. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and then uh, we'll be back with uh, Bill Cosart of MedFirst Partners. Echelon Health is a concierge medicine practice. So what's included with concierge medicine membership? Well, all office visits and procedures are included. Also, our patients access wholesale pricing on labs and medications. They communicate with the doctor and staff through text, email, and cell phone. They also enjoy same-day or next-day appointments, all for one yearly fee. Echelon Health is medical care for a modern lifestyle. Join us online at tampadirectcare.com to learn more. And thank you for joining us again. This is Dr. Tommy McElroy with the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and I'm on with Bill Cosart of MedFirst Partners. Bill, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you like to do for fun? Tell us about your family. Yeah, I uh, grew up in the uh, suburbs of Boston, a town called Sudbury, and uh, I now live in the next town over from that. Um, and uh, married, I have one child. I... Uh, I'm a lacrosse coach and also on the board here. And uh, that, especially this time of year, takes up an awful lot of free time. Um, and, you know, it's also something that I, I know that you, you also do sports fitness. And th- there's another thing is the concussion rate. And, you know, it, I, I say DPC solves all, okay? So the kid comes off the sideline. We are coached up and shared up, trained. Like, you wouldn't believe the amount of paperwork we have to go through just to be a coach. You know, there's the Corey check, which is a police check, if people don't know, which, of course, is good. And we have to go to concussion seminars and all these type of things. And the old days of, well, he rung his bell, sit down for a minute and go back in. Oh, he puked. He feels better. Okay. (laughs) Get your helmet, son. We need you. No, this way is the end zone. Yeah, I mean, go. you know, it really, you know, you know, or the guy just looks, oh, the pupils are pretty much the same size. Yeah. I know that's the only yeah. uh, symptom. Right. You know, so right. we've all learned so much more from that. And it's, you know, obviously the kid comes out. He, he says anything about his head, out. You know, if it looked bad, out. The, when is lacrosse season? It's springtime. Okay. And uh, we, last year we had 10 feet of snow on the ground, so we scrambled around and paid last minute pricing for indoor space because it took us forever because then the fields had to dry out. At this time right now, we had 10 feet and it had to melt and then also it had to dry out. So we were just in in deep trouble. So we proactively went and uh, rented all sorts of indoor space and uh, we have tulips coming up now. (laughs) 
<laughs> so what is your uh what what kind of sports do you follow outside of lacrosse are you a college football fan and you know it's funny well it has to be new england which will make most right people shut off. yeah and then uh right. college is not big in new england i mean we just oh, it isn't. we just don't have it you know, I actually enjoy watching the uh, Boston College and all those teams up there. Well, yeah, BC is it, and uh, yeah. it really is it. And, um, you know, it was great great to see that school when I first went there, pre-Flutie, uh-huh. or just during Flutie, they still had sections that were wooden stands. Yeah? Yeah. You know, it's funny, I was in New York City one time, this was in the probably early 2000s, and it was from Florida and Tennessee, were kind of one and two in the SEC, and uh, I was up there as a Saturday, and I was trying to find the Florida-Tennessee game, and I was around there walking around in bars in New York City. And I said, oh, wh- you know, where's the game at? Where's the game on? And the guy looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, you know, what is it? He's like, today's Saturday. I was like, I know. I'm looking for the Florida-Tennessee game. And he's act like I was asking about the Martians playing the people from Venus. Yes, no, yeah, it's all pro there. It's a little bit of culture shock for someone who grew up in the SEC. Yes, but I did go to uh, a Florida-Georgia game. We uh, uh yeah, how'd you like Back that? Back in my 20s, I had some friends who we would just go to things like that. That was absolutely phenomenal experience. Uh, we just got tickets and went. It was just that kind of thing because we just wanted... Yeah, you don't even have to be a fan of either one to go to that. It's kind of like going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it was just the experience. And, you know, it, we went and just picked a hotel. It was just one of those things. And turns out it was a Georgia hotel. And I happened to be uh-huh. wearing a red polo shirt when I... Walk oh, in and guys that give you're welcome. high fives. I, and I, I'm yeah. like, what? Well, this is the friendliest people in the world. And then we realized <laughs> that. I mean, I'm getting hugs, and you know, and then yeah. the people are all decked did out. They try to get you to hunker down and start barking with them. <laughs> I did. I have. Yeah. I mean, you can't sit up. Well, I'll explain. Yeah. You know, so we met them and they invited us onto the bus the next day. I mean, they're just the friendliest oh. people in the world. And then yeah. the barking on the bus started and it was yeah. just hysterical. And, you know, yeah. I love that. You have to have it in Jacksonville. That's just the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, you know, it's funny is I'm a I'm a Florida Gator. Yes, and, uh, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, Steve Spurry used to always rib the uh, the uh, the Georgia Bulldogs because we had at one point beat them about, I don't know, 17 years in a row. And uh, Spurrier was quoted in the paper. He said, could you imagine being uh, from Georgia and having to go down to Florida and play in the Gator Bowl against the Florida Gators, and they call that a neutral field because that's what it used to be. It used yeah. to, Jacksonville used to be called the Gator Bowl. Yeah, boy, they hated him. Yeah, they hated. Him. Yeah, it was. It's just hysterical. It's it's so great to see. I mean, and that's you know, that that sort of enthusiasm. The whole that SEC is is just a lot of fun. Well, Bill, I've really enjoyed talking to you. You have a lot of enthusiasm for direct direct primary care and concierge medicine and, and obviously doing what you do you love. Go ahead and give them your contact information so if people want to learn more about what you do and kind of the services you offer since it's such a wide variety of them. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it's medfirstpartners.com, so it's all one word, medfirstpartners.com. Everything's on there. And one other thing I'd like to add is from Michael Tetra from Concierge Medicine Today likes to say, before you quit medicine, quit insurance. That's a take-home point. If you're considering getting out of this business, you're a doctor, quit insurance before you quit medicine. And if you're an independent doctor, stay independent. Yes, indeed. There's help on the way if you want to join direct care. Uh, Thank you all for joining us on Ask Dr. Tommy's show. Thank you, Bill. And until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. For more show news and information, go to AskDrTommy.com. And be sure to follow Dr. Tommy on Facebook at Echelon Health. 
and on Twitter at TapaDirectCare. To learn more about Echelon Health Concierge Medicine Practice, visit Echelon Health online at TampaDirectCare.com.